Um, Philippians chapter 4, verse 10. I was made very happy in the Lord that now, I'm reading from the Amplified, by the way. I was made very happy in the Lord now uh, that now you have revived your interest in my welfare after so long. So there, there's a time to revive the interest. We had to revive the interest also in soul winning. And now he's talking about reviving the interest in, in, in giving. He's talking about reviving the interest in giving. After so long a time, you were indeed thinking of me, but you had no opportunity to show it. So this is the Apostle Paul writing to the Philippian church, um, appreciating them that they revived their interest in his welfare. And of course, you know, it's one thing to think about a person, but you know, it's one thing to say, I love you, but it's another thing to show that you love someone. Love is not a feeling, love is, love is not a thought. All this stuff about thoughts and prayers. Anybody heard about that T and P? Thoughts and prayers. Shut up. You're really not thinking about me and you're not praying. It's just a, it's religious rubbish. Thoughts and prayers. I send you my thoughts and prayers. Don't send me your, your thoughts don't help me. And your prayers, unless you're praying with the fire of God and the Holy Ghost and tongues, it ain't going to benefit me. So don't even bother. Thoughts and prayers. Or something happens. Pray for Paris. Everybody put, you know, pray for Germany. Nobody said pray for Istanbul when all the bombs were going off here. That's another story. But, you know, people are very selective in their prayers because they're, that's, that shows you how carnal they are. I mean, it's just they're led by emotions. They'll, they'll probably watch CNN too much. That's the problem. Counterfeit news networks. So they don't know really what's going on. That's the problem. But anyhow, you know, you got to show it. Amen. You know. When you talk about love offering, I, you know, I went some places, I got a lot of love and no offering. One church, they got up and said, God bless you, like this. They all waved at me. Didn't even receive an offering after I ministered. I said, yeah, I, thank God that he's going to bless me because you ain't. You're not blessing me, so I'll, I'll just have to look to the Lord to bless me. It's, it's a good thing that the blessing of the Lord makes me rich, not you. You know, so... <laughs> Verse 11, not that I'm implying that I was in any personal want, for I have learned how to be content, satisfied to the point where I'm not disturbed or disquieted in whatever state I am. I know how to be abased and live humbly in straightened circumstances, and I also know how to enjoy plenty and live in abundance. I have learned in any and all circumstances the secret of facing every situation whether well-fed or going hungry, having a sufficiency or enough to spare, or going without and being in want. So let me stop there and interject because here's the situation. Like on Friday night in uh, Warsaw, Poland, I preached about focus on the mission, not the money. I preached from Matthew 17 where, you know, in Capernaum, the tax collectors, and this is not the Roman tax collectors. These are the Jewish religious tax collectors, the, the religious mafia, okay? They came to Peter that said, you know, we checking our records. You haven't paid, you know, the temple tax. N neither has your teacher, your rabbi has paid the temple tax, the half shekel. So do you pay it or not? So Peter comes to Jesus, and Jesus says they're asking for the tax money, right? The tribute money, yes. Well, it actually was an illegal tax. 
because it was not a census, you know, and it was to be collected at every census at the temple, not in Capernaum. You were supposed to come to the temple at the census if you were a male of the age of 20 or plus, and you were supposed to give a half shekel silver weight of worth of money for your redemption. It was the redemption money of your soul, and it was supposed to be put in the treasury of the temple for the upkeep of the temple. So that's why it was called the temple tax or the temple tribute, because you are the tribute. Tribute is like a sacrifice. You pr present yourself as a living sacrifice, you know, and you pay for your redemption. Of course, which we don't have to do that anymore because Jesus paid the price of our redemption and we are now the temples of God. So, but Jesus says we're exempt because this is really an illegal tax, but I know they're going to harass us. So, Peter, why don't you go put down one hook? Everybody say one hook. One. Show me one. One hook. one hook. And the first fish you catch. So, one fish. Everybody say one fish. One. And open its mouth and you'll find one shekel. Everybody say one shekel. one shekel. So one hook, one fish, one shekel. Go pay your half shekel, go pay my half shekel, which was a, really a supernatural provision. And it was a supernatural acceleration because one shekel is worth three denarius, which is three days of labor. So how would you like to get three days of income? You just go put one hook, one fish, boom, it's over. Doesn't that sound like supernatural acceleration? Somebody might actually get excited here. I don't know if I hope I came to the river this morning. Somebody might get excited about supernatural acceleration here today. Okay, so let me try again. How would you like to get, just put down one hook, one fish, and then you get three days income just like that? Okay. That's supernatural acceleration right there. And I was talking about that. And here, was the, here is the moral of that story. What Jesus is saying is, don't focus on the money. Let's focus on the mission, because we have a mission. And this is just a distraction from the mission. Take care. Of, the Lord's going to take care of this. I'm going to take care of this. It's not going to take very long time, but you are going to have to get involved with the miracle. You're going to have to get involved with every miracle. It's going to require you a, a, an action of faith. So he had to still go down, put that one hook. And now, being a fisherman, he listen, no fisherman in their right mind makes a living with one hook. And this was a lake he was very familiar with. He had grown up on that lake. He had fished that lake his whole life. And you know, you go out, you have to cast down a net if you want to catch a lot of fish and make any, any kind of living as a fisherman. You got to catch at least two, three hundred fish a day to make a living. And that's three days. So let's just say 300 fish. Let's say about a thousand fish. Out of one fish, the Lord made it. The Lord turned one fish into a thousand fish. Just like the Lord took one little boy's lunch and fed 5,000 families. That's the blessing. That's the supernatural acceleration. Do you understand me? So the mission. Focus on the mission, not the money. Too many people are money-oriented. you got to be mission-oriented. you got to focus on the mission. All right? So here's what I'm trying to say here. And so, I, I mean, I've, I've traveled. I've preached many places. Okay? So, I mean, I remember, you know, Going to Ukraine to preach. I mean, I got picked up in the VIP. They pay for me to fly, you know, business class. I got picked up in the VIP terminal. I'm sitting on a leather couch. They took my passport. They brought my, you know, uh, suits, uh, uh, my suitcases and my other things. And they, they gave me, co you know, coffee and tea. And then I was escorted. And the church had like four people and a, a, this big Lexus. They drove me around all week. And they took me to the, to the best hotel in Kiev and put me in, uh, in the premier palace hotel i had this amazing room and i show up i mean they're serving and 
and then had food, and I preached meetings. It was, you know, four, five, six thousand people. I mean, and they, you know, and then, you know, you, and you walk out of there, and, and you, you know, and they receive offerings, and you receive really, really good offerings. I mean, I've been in that place where it's amazing, and you come out a plus for the ministry. And, of course, you know, that was raising mon- money for the mission work that we have to do in, around the nations and in this country. And then there were other times. I mean, I paid to go preach. You know, I mean, you go there and the offerings might be four or five hundred bucks, you know, for a whole week of meetings. And, you know, it cost me more than that just to pay for my hotel. And, and then it cost me a lot more than that to pay, you know, to fly and whatever. And it's a sacrifice, you know. So I know what Paul means. I mean, I know how to be in abundance. I mean, here I am, you know, and then I, I know how to be a, a base where, I mean, I, one time I went to go preach in Norway. And don't get too excited about Norway. I mean, you might think about Norway. They didn't even feed me. Actually, the meeting was over, and I was sitting there, and I was waiting, and then no, they had forgotten that, I, that somebody should take me to my hotel. Everybody left. I was by myself. So I had to actually figure out how to get to my hotel. That's how bad it was. And then I got to the hotel, and I said, is there any food? They gave me, you ready for this, crackers and fish paste in a tube that looked like toothpaste. The nastiest thing I've ever had in my life. Anybody ever had fish paste from a tube? You squeeze fish paste from a tube onto a cracker. That's, that, that's what they try to feed me. All right? So, you know. So when I said Norway, don't get too excited. It doesn't matter which country you go to. It has to deal with the people you're dealing with. So I know how to eat fish paste from a, from a, on a cracker. And then I know how to be taken to the five-star premier hotel of the city and have lobster tail or whatever, you know, steak. So it, it doesn't matter. I'm not moved by one or the other. It's about the mission, you know, carry revival, put the fire of God on people, win souls, and trust God, you know. And so, and then many of the times when it was a sacrifice like that, I would come back and out of the blue, out of nowhere, I mean, I'll never forget, I think it was after that ridiculous Norway trip (laughs) where they said they were going to send me an offering, and they finally sent an offering nine months later. Yeah, nine months later, they finally sent an offering. A $5,000 offering. I preached for one week, and I was on television and everything. They finally sent, nine months later, they finally sent an, an offering for $5,000. And they said they were going to cover my plane ticket. They didn't, so I had to pay for it. So, you know, a lot of other stuff. But <laughs> it was after that Norway trip, I remember, we got an email from Dubai. A Turkish businessman was watching my TV program, said, the Lord spoke to him, I'm going to send you $2,000, you know. And then somebody else uh, from Europe said, I'm going to send you another thousand. So, you know, people, were wiring, people I didn't even know were wiring money. So when you focus on the mission, the Lord's going to take care of you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And every one of you have a mission. Your mission might be different than mine. Most likely will be, but you still have a divine mission. You have an assignment. You've got to be assignment-oriented. Never be looking for a job to work. Do your assignment. Amen? Somebody said, you know, a long time ago, and I don't know who somebody was, but somebody said it. They said, when you find something you love to do, you'll never have to work another day for the rest of your life. You know, you won't feel like you're, you're going through this arduous grind of, oh, i got to get up, and i got to go work. You know. When you find something that you're passionate about and when you discover your God-given passion, you know, and you get busy doing it, 
and you're going to be always be full of joy and you're going to be satisfied. Also knowing, no matter what happens on this side, which this life is so short, when you get to the other side, you'll have all your rewards in full and you'll be blessed in eternity. And that's the most important thing, you know, because, I mean, how long is eternity? <laughs> Amen. So, I, I know how to be well fed and I've been well fed or going hungry. That fish paste stunk so bad. Oh, and sorry, I did have boiled potatoes. Crackers, boiled potatoes, and fish paste. I do have to give them credit for the boiled potatoes. Who would like to live on boiled potatoes for like, you know, a week? Okay. And, and, now, and now one of the nights, one of the nights I'm, I'm leaving, so this guy, finally they had a, a driver for me, so he's taking me to where I'm staying, and then it's like on a farm, and there were so many flies there because there's a farm and they had cow and the cow dung stunk pretty bad and there were so many flies so everybody's like well, pastors in Norway you have no idea where pastors <laughs> stay there's cows outside with cow dung and then there's flies there's so many flies in the room I was afraid to open my mouth that I may sw <laughs> swallow one you know probably would have tasted better than the fish paste but I mean you know I don't know. I don't really want to eat flies for a week, you know. It was a stranger, and I took him in. You know, whatever. So, <laughs> so one of the nights, we're going back to the hotel, and, I, and then I saw this. It's, a, it's not many people in Norway. It's like 5 million people, okay? So... You know, it's like you drive forever, never really see a person or whatever. But so we're going by, and then there was this one gas station. They said hamburgers. I said, oh, pull in there. Let me get a hamburger, okay? Because everything's closed. So it's like 10 o'clock at night. After 10 o'clock, I mean, everything shuts down like at 5 o'clock, 7 o'clock. Even the restaurants close at like 7 o'clock. There's not many. So I said, let's pull in. I'll, I'll. So I walk in, two Indian guys. Welcome, sir. How are you? Welcome to, you know, welcome, welcome to the, I'm like, oh my God, I'm about to get an Indian burger. What, what would you like? <laughs> I said, I said, I'm so hungry. Just give me a hamburger. I got the hamburger. I have to, the worst hamburger I've ever had in my life. You do not eat a hamburger from an Indian guy that runs a gas station, okay? And the fries probably had been refried three times during the day. And I'll never forget, I think I paid something ridiculous like $24 for that <laughs> hamburger and fries. Something kroner, I don't remember. I think it was equivalent to 20 plus dollars, you know. Certainly was no gourmet hamburger. I mean, for $24, you should be getting a nice gourmet hamburger. You know. So I, I know how to be abased. So the glamours of traveling, you know. I mean, my God. I, I think I got like two hours of sleep a night in Poland. Even though I stayed at the Hilton, the bed, I mean, the bed, I hate traveling now because the beds are so hard. Because I'm used to having a night. I, and even when I'm in the country, I take my own bed with me. I'm actually, ta I'm, I'm actually taking my own. I have a like a temperaputic pad, like a three-inch pad I put on the bed. That's what I'm taking to the camp, you know. So I, I, it is what it is, you know. People don't realize. 
the sacrifices you make, you leave your family, you go, and people see the Instagram photos of the glamour and the crowds, but all the other stuff you have to deal with on the, on the, on the outside, the travel. But I know how to be well-fed or going hungry. But having a sufficiency enough to spare or going without and being in want. Now look at verse 13. Here's the, he, said, he said he knows the secret. What's the secret? Everyone turn to your neighbor and say, there is a secret. All right. <laughs> There's a secret. What's the secret? He says, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. Infuse, infusion. This is a Holy Ghost infusion. Holy Ghost strength infusion. Holy Ghost fire infusion. Okay? So you need to get this infusion every day. Everyone, infuse the strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Amen. Amen. What does it mean to be self-sufficient? That means, yes, we do need people in our lives, but whether those people come through or not, Jesus is always going to come through for you. Amen. He's never going to let you down. People might let you down. Jesus is never going to let you down. And you and Jesus together, or with Jesus Christ being in your life, infusing you with divine strength, you will be self-sufficient. Come on, say this after me. I am self-sufficient. Hallelujah. And, and, and let's say this too. I am self-sufficient. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through Christ who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Hallelujah. Praise God. So... You've got to understand, no matter what circumstances or what situations you deal with or the people or whatever, you are going to be self-sufficient. Because Christ, you've got to find, you've got to come to that place of getting injected and infused with strength by the Holy Ghost. In your body, in your mind, in your spirit, spirit, soul, and body, to be strengthened with might in your innermost being by the Holy Spirit. Every single day, Lord, I receive a fresh anointing. Every day I wake up, I just go today let a fresh anointing come upon me for you said in your word you anoint my head with fresh oil my cup runs over so fill me now and I want to live out of that overflow I receive Holy Spirit I receive fresh <laughs> so I'm actually happy it's actually happening right now as I speak you know so that's how you got to live you got to get into that place it's like it's like getting in a shower of the glory of God okay verse 14 but it was right and commendable and noble of you to contribute for my needs and to share in my difficulties with me. All right, so here's the apostle saying, I know, I know how to rely on Christ, but it was right and commendable and noble that you got involved in the support of the ministry. Whether you support it or not, God's going to one way or another provide and take care of me. And I'm going to be focused on my mission. But 
it was right and commendable and noble of you to contribute for my needs and to share my difficulties with me. And you Philippians, specifically the Philippians, not the others, not the Corinthians. Actually, Paul rebuked the Corinthians and used the Philippians or the Macedonians as an example to provoke them. You Philippians. What's going on? Huh? Huh? Oh, oh, I didn't say, I didn't say Filipinos. I said Philippines. You Philippines. You Filipinos. No, anybody here can become a Philippine. Uh, Philippine. Jesus, help me. Anybody here can become a Philippine. Philippian is a type of believer. One who's generous and one who's, you know, lives to be a blessing. And you Philippians, yourselves well know that in the early days of the gospel ministry, when I left Macedonia, no church assembly entered into partnership with me and opened up a debit and credit account in giving and receiving except you only. So, I mean, think about, here's the great apostle Paul. He was in Macedonia. He had a great revival there. And I mean, he, God did a mighty work through him. And he says, when I left Macedonia, and Phil Macedonia is a region, and Philippi is a city. So in Macedonia, there are many other churches that were planted as a result of that ministry. But it was only the Philippian church that entered into a partnership with Paul. That means they continued to support his ministry after he left. You see that? And then he says, they, this is interesting, opening up an account. Anybody ever opened up an account in a bank? Who, who's ever opened up an account in a bank? Well, you open up the account. Until you make a deposit, there's nothing in the account. And a lot of times they'll require you to make a minimum deposit to even open the account. Unless you deposit a certain amount, they won't even let you open an account. You always have to have like an initial deposit, you know. So you've got to always make a deposit to even open an account. So think about this. They said, he's saying that you opened up an account by and giving and receiving. So when you gave, you deposited. You, so there was a credit to your account. And when you receive, there was a debit from your account. Now the... The great thing about this account is, this is the kind of account that accumulates supernatural acceleration, supernatural increase. The kind that gives you 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. You know what 30-fold is? 3,000%. 60-fold is 6,000%. 100-fold is 10,000%. It's unheard of any earthly bank to even give you more than like 3-4%. We're talking about 3,000%. We're talking about 6,000. We're talking about 10,000% increase that accumulates in your heavenly bank account. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. So lift your hands and say, I have a heavenly bank account. And I must deposit by giving. And then I will be able to receive an increase on my deposit. 
When I have credit, I can have a debit. I will have a surplus, and God will increase what I deposit so that what I get back is much more than what I ever deposited. Amen. Hallelujah. He says, for even in Thessalonica, which is a couple of hours from Philippi, we went preaching in Thessalonica, and then they wanted to take me to Philippi, which is a couple of hours. We didn't actually make it there, but, um, you know, it, it's there. For even in Thessalonica, you sent me contributions for my needs, not only once, but a second time. Not that I seek or am eager for your gift, but I do seek and I'm eager for the fruit which increases to your credit. See, the increase to your credit. The harvest of blessing that is accumulating to your account. So as you are giving into the kingdom, every time you give, your tithes, which are your required minimum, but above and beyond your tithes, the offerings, what you sow financially, what you sow with your gifts and talents and efforts. So there's a lot more, you know, sowing. But everything you do for the Lord is, is a seed. You're sowing your life, you're sowing everything, you know. As you sow, and in this case, financially, as you sow, what happens is there's a harvest of blessing that's accumulating to your account. Amen. Amen. And it's, there's an increase to your credit. And your credit rating goes up. That's what we had to do. You know, that's what we, it's not such a big deal here. In America, you cannot live without a credit rating. You know, you can't do anything. I mean, you can have, listen, you can show up with hundreds of thousands of dollars. They will not even rent you an apartment. They got to check your credit. We got there. They checked our credit. We didn't even have a credit. Pastor Rose didn't even come up in the system. So we needed like supernatural favor. Two and a half years ago when we got there, I mean, just even rent a house. And then my credit was like, had a big blank for the last 10 years because I, you know, I, now that I, you know, if I had known better, if looking back on it, I would have done things differently. But I was living here and I didn't really even think about, I would have done some things to kind of, accrue some credit in America, but I didn't care about it, you know. I didn't really care much about it, so we showed up that we didn't even have any credit. They said, they said, you don't have any credit. I said, well, then give me some credit so I can have some. They said, well, you don't have any credit for us to give you any credit. It's like everything's got to be a credit. But I'm telling you, man, we had so much, I mean, I can tell you story after story after story after story of the supernatural favor of God, you know, but, but my credit's been increasing because I've been a good steward of my bills. I pay everything on time. And if you just keep paying everything on time, the, you know, your credit rating goes up. And I feel it's the same way. We, I believe we have a credit rating with God. I do believe we have a credit rating with God. Because if you don't pay things on time, come on. If you're not a good steward of your finances, you don't tithe, you're not a giver. And the Lord says, hey, I want you to sow $100 into that and you don't do it or, or whatever it is. You're you're losing your credit with God. That means I can't trust you because that's what credit means. We trust you enough to give you this money. We trust you enough to loan you this money knowing that you're going to be able to pay it back. That's basically what that is. Well, do you want God to trust you? So that when you come to God, hey God, I have this need. He's like, okay, yeah, no problem. I trust you because you've been trustworthy. You're a good steward, right? And that's the number one thing that's looked for in a good steward, that they are trustworthy. And if you're trustworthy... What happens when you've been trustworthy with what? Little, God will what? Make you ruler over much. 
that means God will continue to increase you. So if you want to have financial increase in your life, you got to become trustworthy. you got to become a good steward, and you, you got to be a giver. Amen. And you've got to understand how your credit works with God. Amen. There's some people that have lost credit here. They have no credibility. We kicked them out because of their, the way they were living. And I'm not, we're not going to tolerate people coming here lying, cheating, stealing, and doing all kinds of garbage, and they're not going to repent, and they still want to be sitting in the church. A time comes when we say, hey, man, your credit's run out. There's the door. Amen. Hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back no more, no more, no more, no. Hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back no more. I mean, you have to because you can't allow crazy stuff to go on in the church. Some people have to be disciplined. Others, you know, they, they lose their credit. People have lost their credit in the Bible school. They get, you know, they get um, scholarship. They don't even value it. They don't show up to class. Then next session they come, can I have a scholarship? Well, no, we're going to give that scholarship to somebody else that wants to value it. And that's kind of how it works. So make sure that you understand that you have a credit with God. God's checking you and keeping your credit in heaven. And if you're trustworthy, your credit keeps increasing. And the rates get better and better and better. You go from 30-fold to 60-fold to 100-fold to even 1,000-fold. But you're probably not going to start out at 1,000-fold. You might start out at twofold. God gave Job double for his trouble. I mean, double is pretty good. But I mean, 30-fold is much better. 60-fold is a lot better. 100-fold is much, much, much better. Amen. And a thousandfold is like, I mean, come on. For I have your full payment and more, and I have everything I need, and I'm amply supplied. Now that I have received from Epaphroditus, please don't name your kid Epaphroditus, the gifts you sent me, they are the fragrant odor of an offering and sacrifice which God welcomes. And in which he delights. So the gifts they sent were what? A fragrant odor of an offering. And a sacrifice which God welcomes. He delights. So God welcomes and delights in your offering. Your love offering, your generous giving increases your credit with God. And God welcomes your offering. And when God welcomes your offering, he welcomes you. Just like God, you know, had respect for Abel and his offering. But God rejected Cain and his offering. So... Even though they both, both brought an offering, one was just the wrong. Wrong timing, wrong kind, wrong priorities, wrong attitude. So your attitude is everything. And then look at what happens. And my God will liberally supply, fill to the full, your every need according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. So this is actually a... a prophetic declaration over the Philippian church this is not being this is a specific letter being written to a specific group of people called the Philippian church because this is the Philippian church that partner with Paul in giving and because they partner with Paul and the ministry and they were givers and they kept sending offerings in the partnership they get this word spoken over them my God because Paul's talking about my God the one who strengthens me will liberally supply, fill to the full, your every need, according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. That means the heavenly bank 
is going to send you a wire transfer. You're going to get a Holy Ghost wire transfer from the heavenly bank. Boom! When you have a need, it'll be met. It'll be filled to the full. It'll be supplied according to God's riches and glory over and above. And there shall be an overflow in your life. And there shall be an increase in your life. Hallelujah. And the harvest of blessing shall continue to increase. And there shall be an overflow. Hallelujah. And there shall be a supernatural acceleration. And there shall be supernatural provision. And the Lord will re release upon your life supernatural strategies. And divine favor shall come upon your life. And hallelujah, you'll be blessed going in. You'll be blessed coming out.